0: What a week! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike, with me is Kevin Josh. This may have been one of the biggest weeks in the history of the team, and we're going to talk all about it. Let's go! Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that,
1: that is no, one the sequence of the craziest events we've seen in quite a period of time.
0: In the top right corner, gentlemen, up to the middle, back to Oh, man.
1: Whew. Feels good. Yeah. Feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I don't even think I have... I feel it. really uncomfortable. starting <laughs> <the podcast. laughs> I was ready. for... All right, one second. Let me just get this out of the just way just real, real fast. It. I... There it is. That's like... Okay, cool. I feel like we should open like six of those. Like, it's mm. just that this... Like I said, this was sort of the week to end all weeks. I, I, sort of thinking back through the history of the team, I think there's very few weeks where this much has happened. Um, it's and, and, you know, like I said, we're going to get into all of it. Um, I think what's interesting is, you know, especially after the game on Saturday, I think a lot of us were somewhat bummed, but you guys totally called that, where it was, okay, we'll get the win at Penn, and we'll get the draw at at charlotte and uh and that's that so uh i guess kudos to you guys for getting that right um let's just dive right into it man the hounds beat pen fc to nothing won the keystone derby cup so like held on to it from last year won the old guard shield which we had never done we locked down a playoff spot with at that point we still had four games left to play And we did our part to basically keep Pen15 out of the playoffs. They are not officially out yet, but they are definitely close. So, you know, in one game, to, you know, check all of those boxes is is pretty stinking incredible. And you figure, literally, the past few seasons, it's come down to the last game of the season of the, like, well, all right, I guess we're not going to be in it, to have four games to sort of not sit back and relax at all. But uh, to be in the driver's seat is uh, is definitely a, a good place to be. Josh, you were uh, you were obviously there. Um, saw lots of footage of you on the uh, on the on the film. Um, <laughs> saw you with the team and the and uh, the Keystone Cup. You got some stories, man. Share some stories. Give us some dirt. What was going down?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So, I mean, first off, uh, we weren't able to do a bus trip this year because it was on a Wednesday. So we just knew we probably wouldn't have the numbers that we want to have for a bus. So we ended up doing a carpool. It's the most successful carpool we've ever done. We had about 30 people going up. um, So that's just fantastic, especially for a Wednesday Uh, we also really had a good experience at the stadium. This is probably the first time at the stadium where we felt like the, the front office at Penn actually kind of were upset that we were there. (laughs) There They were like, hey, yeah.
0: Was it because you guys were the only ones in the stadium? Is that why? I mean,
1: technically I think there was like 250 people there, but, uh. (laughs) That might be including the teams. Didn't I'm not sound sure.
0: like it. Like, all we heard was you guys on the feed the whole time. So, kudos to you. But uh, continue.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, it, but in our past, we've kind of had issues where the, the front office, for, or at least the stadium staff, has kind of, like, treated us like criminals like, right when we walked in there, uh, have security on us, have armed cops on us one year. It was ridiculous. But this year, th- they felt like they got it, which kind of makes me feel a lot better about their situation, like maybe the people running the front office now are a little bit more aware of soccer culture and what to expect and how to handle it and not overreact. And yeah, it, it was just a really good experience. So kudos to the front office or at least the stadium staff. They were awesome. Um But yeah, it was just a blast. I mean, that's probably some of the most fun I've had in Harrisburg, which you know, I know that's a
0: pretty low bar, but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> well, and in, in what? There was like a, was it two hours of rain delay? There was a substantial rain delay. What did you guys do to fill the time for that? Uh, they were
1: selling beer, so that, oh, was, okay. that was helpful. <laughs> I'm sorry, adult beverages. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> but no, we were actually under an awning the whole time. Like They put us under an awning, which, by the way, made us echo a lot, which made us even louder. So I was like, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we were also shielded from the rain, and it was just kind of like, Hey, we have nowhere to go. We're all hanging out. Most of us had hotel rooms to spend the night. So, it's not like we're all like, you know, itching to get out of there. For the people who did drive back that night, more power to you. I that's that's a tall order, especially after going to the bar to celebrate. So, uh a lot of DDs, a lot of people, you know, being responsible and uh yeah, good on you guys.
2: Yeah. How many did, how many people did
1: you guys bring? I think uh, officially, I think uh, we had planned for thirty, but we ended up with twenty five. One car uh, didn't make it up. Everyone's okay. It just they weren't able to make
2: it up. So yeah. that's still great.
0: Yeah, no, that's an awesome turnout. Um, and I know there was a lot of talk online. Well, you know, in our Slack channel about will the game be played? Wouldn't it be played. Justin was giving us updates and taking pictures of the goal box and how it was just flooded with water. And it just seemed like it was the situation where looking at our schedule and looking at Penn's schedule, there was just no other time to play the game. Like, we were sort of alternate in that, you know, we had Charlotte on the weekend. I think Penn has a mid-game week this week. We have Cincy on the weekend. Um, I think they're off next weekend. And it just, back and forth, there was no time before the end of the season. So, um, yeah, yeah, nervous that it wasn't going to happen at all.
1: Yeah, and uh, just from the body language, watching them on on the field, it looked like Lily and Plucic were both like, no, let's not play this game. Like, this is not good conditions. The field looked like crap. We're worried about our players getting hurt. Um but I really think they were in a bind because Penn FC did not have any days available. Uh, they rent that stadium. It's not like they own it, so they can't just move stuff around. Yeah. There's only certain days they're allowed to use it. And so I, I, I really do think it was one of those, like, you know, we have to do this game. So they kept on delaying it. A guy came out with a squeegee and squeegeed in front of the goal. Uh, we sang a song for him. He was really happy, so it was all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was It was a lot of fun just waiting and watching the refs, like, argue back and forth, and I'm pretty sure some phone calls were made to corporate to see if uh, the head office in Tampa or wherever were, like, okay with it. So, yeah, we really thought it was going to be canceled. It was going to be a bummer. But, um, in the end, it worked out. Like, it was a sloppy game, though.
0: Yeah, and, you know, this was one where, Kev, I I just kept thinking back to what you were saying uh, on the previous show, where it was like, we're going to win this game, we're the better team, and as soon as they stepped on the field, I was like, this field could be the great equalizer. Like, it's just... It, anything could happen whenever the conditions are terrible like that. and And you could tell like they're they're announcers. We're like, oh, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on. Like, their, their passes aren't as crisp, and it just seems like, you know, maybe Pens in Riverhound's head. I'm like, do you see them trying to run? Like, somebody's going to blow out an ankle. Like, it's just, it wasn't yeah. good. And this was a game where I think, what was it, Francois started out wide, and I was like, oh, this is going to be the game where he just blows past people. And he was the one I was most concerned about just going full bore for it and then just ending up on his face or in a post or something because he couldn't stop. So, thankfully – nobody got injured i think as the game went on that's all we were hoping for was just like no injuries um but the hounds were able to get two uh, obviously we got one from banjo and then lubon got the insurance goal at the end um yeah I, I don't what thoughts on this kev what what were some takeaways here for you well, i mean yeah you guys talked about
2: the pitch conditions i mean looking at it at least on a stream independent of rain i mean that pitch was just in terrible condition so when you add buckets of water to it yeah i mean it's it is amazing that the game ended up getting played and it's you start questioning it's like geez come on can't we can't can't the usl do a little bit better here for kind of i don't know league-wide you know pitch maintenance and all that kind of stuff because you're right it, it becomes an injury hazard at that point but i mean mike you mentioned you know, questions of of how well we could have played. I mean, if, if you look at the passing accuracy numbers, I mean, Penn FC still gets 76% pass accuracy. We only had 57 in this game, so you, cu- you could blame it on the rain and the conditions and the bad field and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, Penn gets 76% pa- uh, pass um, completion, pass accuracy, um, and all of our other games, if you look at all the other games around this game, we're, we're generally hitting around 70% pass, pass accuracy. So something was a bit off in this game, but but yeah, I mean, it's, it it almost like, it was almost like, I think Lily kind of went into this game willfully playing at their level, I mean, you know, the fact that we start Kirk and and Nett, Pratsner, Fitzpatrick, Banjo, I mean, we were building this game up to be one of the biggest games of the season, I mean, so much rides on it, playoff spots, and and the Derby Cup, and old guard shield, and he rolls out with essentially four starters, well, I mean, Kirk has played a lot recently, but but four players that haven't played a lot of football, soccer, whatever. Um, <laughs> so it was. It, it's, a, it's a bit. It's a. I was just listening to, to the one goals interview with uh, the Brighton Hove Albion uh, uh, podcast people, and so that's why I'm saying football. Um, that's not. But that so, hasn't been released yet. So uh, well, you know, that's what yeah, we call it's, a teaser. But go ahead. Keep 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 your eyes out, folks. Um, <laughs> it was really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean so it, it, we we didn't play well, but it was one of those where I don't I somehow we get two goals. I you know, Kirk still has to make what four or five uh, saves and so it, it was fascinating in that sense. But yeah, I mean if you, if you just look at the if you just look at the score, ah, Riverhounds 2-0 no win routine and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it was kind of anything, but
0: yeah. And and I think a lot of the a lot of the times at least in terms of the passing I just kept thinking or saying out loud I was watching it with my boys I was like you you just can't do that like when the field is is that crappy like you can't be doing these quick one touch runs because you'd see them try to lead somebody and either the player would either be too far behind because they couldn't catch up to it or the ball would just stop dead and like you're trying to race past it and now the ball's behind them and I think that's a large reason for the 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 issues with the passing accuracy was just that we were trying to do a lot of like one two quick dink and dunks which on any other field work fine but when the field is soaked like that and the ball's just stopping it it, it makes it almost impossible to be able to time your runs to be able to pull those things off so yeah from that standpoint it was a struggle josh how are you guys feeling on the sideline as this game unfolded
1: yeah, I mean, I would never say that I felt like this game was out of our hands, that we were uh, performing well. I, I I, get that the, you know, at least the statistics say that our passing accuracy was really low and that theirs was higher, but we also had more of them. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like the the, the possession for us says, like, only, what, 35%, but it didn't feel that way, at least meaningful possession. Um, so I, I never felt like this game was out of our hands. Uh now only being one goal up though for the whole second half pretty much until the very end there was kind of, you know, not the best situation. It felt like at any moment if someone were to put the ball into the box that some mayhem could happen because it was that bad. Uh but luckily, uh at least for us, I should say, is the second half the worst of the two goals was the one that uh Penn was defending. Uh that goal over there was really terrible like it it, that's the one where they had a squeegee a lot and it was nothing but dirt and mud and you you saw at the end when the keeper stood up and he's just covered in mud It's like, yeah that that sucks so that was the the goal that i was most worried about so the fact that we were ahead and didn't have to defend that one in the second half really made me happy but yeah I, i don't know like i was more worried about this game going in or at least anxious about this game going in uh but as soon as it started and our play, I, I felt a lot better about the situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this was a game that Penn had to win. And it seemed like even towards the end, they weren't really pressing the ball too high. Like, we just – we did a good job of keeping them where they needed to be kept and, you know, capitalizing on the few chances that we had. I thought Fitzpatrick did a good job of sort of crashing the net to create that first goal for Kay. Um, Lubon did a good job of staying with the run of play at the end to get that goal. There was some discussion uh, in the Slack thing where we were like, hey, which hounds haven't scored yet this season? And I was sort of like looking down the list of of people who were on the field, and I was like, Pratsner? Is it? It was just Pratsner. And then Lubon scored. And I was like, oh, no, wait, it was Lubon too. Okay, cool. Now, so like... I think everybody who was on the field, except for Pratner, at that point had scored. And Kev, immediately, when I saw the Pratner was in the starting lineup, I was like, "Is Lily listening to our shows? Is that what's going on here?" I really don't think they are.
1: I don't think. <laughs> and if he is listening, he's not
2: taking our yeah. <laughs> I Guaranteed that. But it was just this Kevin guy. Let's get him on the coaching staff. I think uh,
0: you know who hasn't been on the field? How's what, Pratsner doing? Is he warm? All right, let's get him in there. Yeah, no, there was.
2: Speaking of there. coaching staff, by the way, quick note: um, I don't know if you guys saw Coach six shoes. They were, I think, as the young kids say, lit. They were quite uh, fashionable and <laughs> and uh, and All right, well, yeah, that, that's street, interesting. Street fashion forward. <laughs> they were cool. Go back and look at them. I cool.
1: have to look at the replays. I, I was not looking at his shoes. I'm not going to lie. Uh, something going back a little bit before. That moment that just happened just now. Um, (laughs) Kevin, you were talking about the people that uh, Lily started and how it kind of like was he taking this game as seriously. I would say that he had the guys on the bench that we would need to sub in if things were to getting out of hand. I feel like this was more of a we have a midweek game. We have, you know, tired legs. We have to kind of balance this whole thing out. Let's put these guys out there. If they're not getting the job done, he can sub in. Uh, Brett, he can sub. You know, I mean, he can sub in the people he needs to sub in. Uh, so I, I was a little bit, you know, a nerve when I first saw that lineup. But I do think we had the firepower there. We had what we needed to get the job done. If they were having issues.
2: Josh, how early did the weather start turning bad? Was it like before an hour before the game? I mean, like I went, like did Lily have a whole another lineup? And I was like, oh man, this this weather, the field. You know, let's let's put out some of the, you know people that maybe he wasn't intending to play and and then try to kind of muck through the first 60 minutes hopefully you know the weather calms down and then play or how did that whole timeline take place yeah it was consistently just a dreary day like i it did rain uh right
1: before probably about an hour before the game was to start but that the whole area was pretty wet before that even so i don't think it was a situation where the field they got there and like oh this is going to be okay and then suddenly it rained and they're like oh crap it was definitely probably that bad as soon as they got there when we walked in they had the field covered um but even the cover like as soon as they removed the cover it's like oh look a giant mud pit <laughs> so it, it wasn't helping at all that cover at least i don't know how early they covered it either they could have been like it's been raining for 30 minutes let's go ahead and cover it now so, yeah, he probably saw that field, and you you might be right. Maybe He saw it, and he's like, okay, new game plan. <laughs> Let's uh, not do this. But, yeah, whatever it was, it worked, so I, cool. I
0: mean, when I saw the lineup, I immediately had flashbacks to the Cincy Open Cup game where it was like, oh, everyone's hyping. Like, this is going to be a big deal. And then you see the lineup, he rolls out and go, what? Huh? <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. No, but, like, I mean, I, when I saw it, I was like, that's not what I was expect. I mean, and, you know, all credit to Kirk, but, like, once Dan Lin came back, we were pretty much like, yeah, Dan Lin's the guy. And it was just like, of all positions to rotate, we've talked about it. And it was just like, huh, okay. <laughs> like, the guys got it done. Kudos to them, obviously. You know, the historic moment, all of that. It was fantastic. But, you know, there was just a pause. And maybe that maybe that teaches us for for doubting any of them, which I'm not saying we did. It's just, you know, Yeah. I'm going to stop talking. Um, so uh, I guess, guys, any other takeaways from this game in particular? All right, I, go I ahead,
1: Josh. Nothing. I was going to say, I got nothing as far as uh, the play on the field. I feel like that's, they got the job done. I will say that the team was awesome after the game, came over, hung out with us for a while, talked to us. And then after they were done in the locker room, they talked to us even more afterwards before getting on the bus um we had to go steal the cup from them because they had taken it into the locker room so how dare they think that it's their cup. <laughs> yeah, i'm pretty sure banjo didn't want to give it up <laughs> he came out of the locker room and was like hey do you mind if
0: uh we take that to the bar he's like sure <laughs> i was saying so what so what all happened with the cup anything uh any any stories no, the
1: usual i mean we had some static at the bar we usually go to but uh, it was nothing major we just went to the next bar over uh that's one thing harrisburg has plenty of is bars uh wonder why and so it was pretty good uh you know time we went to the second bar and we told him like yeah we want to drink out of the cup he's like yeah sure but go ahead you're fine go <laughs> so that's awesome
0: awesome awesome kev was there anything else about this game in particular Nah. Nah. Okay. Nah. We can jump on to the next game. Nah, let's go to the next game. <laughs> do we have to? Yeah. Well, you know. So from the highest of highs to the middle list of what? Like the hounds get a 2-2 draw with Charlotte. Um, you know, the the big positive, I guess we'll say out of all of this is that the single point for us and uh and what I think it was Indy having a unfavorable um scoreline for themselves helped us to lock down a top four position in the playoffs. So again, you know, here we are, we have three games left in the season and, uh, and not only we locked down a playoff spot, we've, but we've locked down a top four. So that's huge. The team announced that the first home game in the playoffs for the Hounds, which this is the first one ever at Highmark, right? True. Yeah. Is also going to be the 100th game of all time at Highmark stadium. So like, The 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 table is set. Like this is going to be you know between the next game, which is the last home game of the season against Cincy, it's going to be fan appreciation night. All of that. The next home game after that is going to be the 100th game at Highmark Stadium, and it's going to be our first home playoff game ever. It's going to be huge, guys. I was thinking about this a little bit before the show. At this point, do you care if we end up in second versus fourth? Knowing that we finished in the top four, that we get the home playoff match. Kevin, your hat's about to fall off from nodding your head so emphatically. So, yeah, why?
2: Because uh, well, I think there's a big difference between playing the likes of Indy and Bethlehem. I think right now, you know, if, if the table doesn't move, if we finish third, we have Bethlehem. If we finish fourth, we have Indy. And I think, yeah, it's just if you look at our past meetings and just generally how, I don't know, how I see both teams, I think Indy's a much better team than Bethlehem at this point. So that's the difference. And so, I mean, I, I in my head, I'm kind of rolling out second just because I don't see Louisville dropping any points. And I think it's going to be it, – it's just our path is a bit more difficult than Louisville's path. So to me, it's more of a, you know, are we going to get third or fourth? And so – even though we have the home game, that's huge. It's massive. It's such an achievement. Um, I, I think it's still a big difference between third and fourth because, yeah, I'd just, I just rather have Bethlehem or Ottawa. I mean, if Ottawa or North Carolina, any of those teams, pretty much the only one I don't want is Indy. I think once you go past them, everyone
0: else is, is kind of on an even level for me at least. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Louisville sort of having a, a better fixture schedule. They basically get Toronto... Then they have North Carolina, and then they have Indy, whereas we have Cincy, Atlanta, and New York. So Atlanta is pretty much – they're officially out of it. Um, and, you know, the Louisville gets Toronto, who's officially out of it. Beyond that, North Carolina is sitting in eighth for them, and then they have Indy in fifth. But we have Cincy, who are in first and New York, who are in 10th battling for a spot. So that last game is not going to be one to sleep on for us against the Red Bulls, because they're going to come out to try to get all the points they can to try to get that final push into the playoffs. So, uh, so yeah. Josh, do you care, second through fourth?
1: Oh, yeah, I definitely care. I, I want to see us get third at least, but I, I, I don't think fourth is out of the question. Or not second. fourth, I'm sorry. Uh, second yeah. is out of the question. Um, something to keep in mind with Toronto, Against Louis is that yeah it's Toronto but Toronto has stolen points from all these guys pretty much as far as the top four goes top five like I think only us have not dropped points against Toronto Toronto everyone else Toronto
0: just beat the Battery this weekend two to one so like they're in fourth place yeah Yeah.
1: so they're so they're that's that could be a trap game I mean they're they're going to Toronto to play that game and they're kind of on form right now for some reason, or at least they're, they're giant killers. They always seem to be able to get the number of a team that they shouldn't be able to. Uh, North Carolina, though, yeah, I'm not too... For them, at least, I think they can take North Carolina, but Indy is another game that could be interesting because Indy's not a terrible team. When they show up, they show up big. So uh, I think it's possible for us to get points from them, or at least get more points of them and end up in second place, and that would be awesome because I do want to have either North Carolina or Ottawa... Ottawa, I think, would be the best for us, uh, just because they're, you know, Canadian. So, <laughs> Kevin, no comment. No I was comment. Waiting for it. Yeah, he's just.
2: I mean, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. This is spreading <laughs> to the rest of you because I've been banging this drum since the start of the season. So you're not wrong.
0: Yeah. So in this game, Parks scores in the fourth minute. Guys, is this a uh, coming out party for Romeo Parks? Is this is that what we're thinking here? What are,
2: are you finally admitting? He's. Uh... He's not terrible.
0: I didn't say that. I asked if this was a coming out party for Romeo Parks.
2: <laughs> no, I, he's gotten goals. This isn't his first time. He's gotten goals this
1: season. He shows up. I mean, I do think that the maybe his rest of the play, the whole game, wasn't as inspiring as that goal, um, and that he would not pull the trigger to save his life for most of this game. Every time he had a shot, he just didn't take it.
0: Uh, no anger, though. And uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) said through gritted teeth. I will say, you know, we've talked a lot about how like his his just physical gifts and abilities. And there was one particular moment. um, I think it was in the second half where he literally had the ball and just blew past the like dropped his shoulder and just like shoved the guy off and went straight into the box. And I went, oh, there it is. Um, If we saw that on a more consistent basis, I think. Like, holy crap. Like, if you were talking about a few weeks ago, you know, if you're a defender and you're sort of looking across the front and you see Forbes and you see Brett and you see Parks, Parks is the one that you would least likely to go up against just from the standpoint of you could have perfect positioning and he could either blow past you or do some sort of physical, like, freak of nature type move just to get a good position on you and go. The problem is we just don't see that a lot. So the goal was great, and we see, we again, we see – Um, streaks of this potential greatness. I just, uh, if this is a case where he's like starting to come on at the end of the season and we can ride him through the playoffs. Awesome. Like kudos. You, you pick the perfect time to get hot guy. Like that's great. Um, But uh, yeah, I
2: mean, it really was a great goal. I mean, the, the fact that he, I think it's, it's one thing to kind of have the speed and strength, but he showed a lot of composure to kind of do the second cut back. I mean, he kind of, you know, Brett plays him in open space, and a defender's starting to close him down. It looks like he's going to shoot on his left. He kind of cuts back on his right, and then he cuts back once more on his, you know, quote-unquote weaker left foot. And, uh, I mean, the keeper could maybe do a little better to save it, um, but, you know, he puts it through his legs, and, uh, yeah, it was was a great, great goal.
0: Keeper Brandon Miller, who now has his own show over at BGN. Be sure to go check that out. Um, So, yeah, so Parks gets a goal in the fourth. So Gets the second goal in stoppage time, which you know it was a good goal. He was in the right spot at the right time. In between the two goals, guys, like I, um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, the only note I have here is everybody looked tired. Like I, it just it just looked everybody looked. You saw Greenspan making mistakes. You saw azil making mistakes. You saw guys just not seeming to, ha- see- seeming to have the fuel in the tank to to just play at the level that at times Charlotte was playing at. And I don't know. I mean, it, can you attribute that to the fact that we had a midweek game? Or is it we're in Charlotte, and I don't know, is it humid? It, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. But, you know, Josh, what was, what was your thought at the end of this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was at the watch party at Spoken Joe's, and... Had a good crowd there, and we're talking about the game, just kind of like what's going on here. And um, it, it did feel like there was something just missing in this game. Their, their legs might have been tired or something, but they just were not clicking. And I think this might have been Greenspan's worst game I've seen him have. He was just not finding the clearing the balls correctly. It seemed like he was getting beat, and it, it just wasn't working out for him, uh, which is weird because that's usually not the way he plays like i'm usually praising greenspan so that was really just meh from him uh but other players were having off days too it wasn't just greenspan it was definitely everyone just felt like they didn't have that pick up and go i believe laura ellen was the one who said in our slack talking about how like this is kind of like these little mistakes that the team's been making all season laid bare like you could see them much more defined in this game, and I do think it's because we didn't have that grit. We didn't have that pick up and go, just determination to get the job done the whole game. Uh, I will give shout outs though for getting that late goal. I mean, Hounds have passed. If the other team scores in the 85th minute, the game's over. Like we don't, we don't respond. We just kind of give up. So the fact that we were able to respond after that goal shows that you know the grit was there when we needed it. I just wish it would have been
2: there the whole game.
0: Kev, what are you thinking? <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Josh, to that point, in the past four straight games, we've now scored in stoppage time. I mean, so that's, what? that's a big... Seriously? Game. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I'm the totally past four understand. games, we've sco- we've scored in stoppage time, and so I think... I can't remember who it was, but someone on Twitter made that point. I want to say about four games ago about how you know, we were conceding a little more late and maybe not scoring as much, you know, if that was a concern. And ever since then, we've been, you know, doing the job late on. But, I mean, going back to Charlotte's second goal, I mean, it was one of the worst defend, defending, you know, pieces of defending I've seen in a long time. I think, you know, Zemanski doesn't get nearly as tight as he needs to on Charlotte's player. The cross comes in way too easy. He has all the space and time in the world to put that cross in. And then and there's there's, like... You know, I'm I'm looking at replays now. There's like six, seven yards in between Hugh and Greenspan, where you know Charlotte's player just sit, and he's not a big guy either. And mm-hmm. then Vankezio is pretty much covering two Charlotte players on the back post. One of them gets in front of him. It was it was really bad defending. Um, and so I it's which is surprising from from a, a, you know Lily plays a system where discipline is so important, shape is so important, and it I the only Real, you know, answer looks to be fitness. I mean, because you know, maybe if they have a little more in the tank, you know, they're not they're not lazily sitting there in their position thinking, ah, eh, I'll close him down later. He's not going to get it or whatever. Because um, that's that's really, I mean, the players know better. It's it's. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a mental tiredness as well, where they're just not focusing. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I I think it was also happening a, a lot over the course of the entire game. Um, it wasn't just you know close to the end of the game, suggesting you know like a mental fatigue over the course of the 90 minutes. I think it's there there's more at play here, and it's they, they better get it figured out quick. Although I will say, um, all of that still stands true, but I think it seems like Lily has been kind of playing slightly differently. Um, I think in the past where we've played more of a kind of a front three, um, it seems more over the past two games, we're almost playing like a five, one, three, one. Where you kind of have three attacking midfielders with with a single striker, and then kind of one one person in the midfield, i.e. Dabo, and then the, the you know the wing backs will kind of maybe when we're in attack kind of slide up alongside them, making it more of like a three 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 one or something. Um, so I mean, it, there might be a slight tweak in formation, going a bit more attacking, um, but I, I think the mistakes still stand from more kind of you know a, a lack of fitness or something like that it's not necessarily like a a shape issue
0: it was just a really weird game like it felt like there was no real rhythm to it like it did I I, it didn't dawn on me until late but it felt like you know neither team could really string together a substantial number of passes before somebody was kicking it out or somebody was getting fouled or just there were lots of stoppages and it it was just it was weird like I, I i couldn't really get a feel for like what was going on it was just sort of like we were there and we were sort of doing some stuff but like it wasn't it definitely wasn't like you know any of the past few games um, i'm trying to pull up the stats now in terms of discipline uh, yeah so uh charlotte had 11 fouls we had 19 so there were 30 fouls over the course of the game that's 30 stoppages Um, Just from the ref alone, not even the balls going out. So nobody could really get into a really good rhythm. Um, I thought, uh, you know, again, we were talking online and and Justin brought up the fact that he thought one of the, the reasons why we didn't really have a lot of at least decent cohesion going through the middle was Forbes didn't come on until late in the game. And up until now, Forbes has sort of been that general in the midfield that's sort of driving things. Everything sort of flows through him. And without him on the field, it just it felt like there was something missing. There was nobody sort of grabbing that and saying like, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna call the shots here and I'm gonna make this happen." And I think part of that is just sort of the lineup that Lily put out. That might have been part of the game plan. Is maybe he didn't think we needed that in this game? I don't know. But it was just, yeah, it was a weird one. Um I I really I I don't really know what else to say about this game. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts or takeaways, Josh? Yeah, um, I will say uh, with Zabianski,
1: I, I feel like the last couple of games he's he's changed uh, as far as his just, I feel like he's a lot better of a player, I guess I should say, <laughs> right off the bat, uh, than he has been in the past, for us at least. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I was really stoked about him. I thought he could be a huge addition to this team, and I didn't really feel like he ever showed up or felt like he was there for us uh, in a big way. Uh, he might have been off the field he might have been that you know that veteran that everyone talks about it's great to have in the locker room uh but I just didn't feel like it was on the field at least and uh, the last couple games though uh maybe not even the last couple maybe like the last five like he, it feels like he's been getting more and more like he belongs there or he's maybe accepted I don't know <laughs> he's he's in this game well I- He's on this team, and I
0: think I think it's a bit of like a role change for him, really, because I think when he came in, I think we were all sort of anticipating him to be sort of that that you know Danny Earls holding midfielder destroyer kind of position, and for a while, which
2: I still think that's his best position, by the
0: way, right? But okay. but for a while, while Dabo was out, that was where he was at, and now that Dabo's healthy, um, you know, Dabo seems to have reclaimed that spot, and that's pushed Ben further up the field, which has changed his responsibilities a bit. And so I will agree, he's starting to pop up in places where earlier in the season he wouldn't have popped up much further up the pitch, Um, and he's making things happen. And, you know, I think, what, two goals in the last probably five games? I think that feels right. Um, But, yeah, he definitely got his first two goals of the season, you know, within the past few. So, yeah, he's making the most of it. Can't really complain there.
1: Um, yeah, I think it might have been Dan brought up this originally on Discord or something like that. And after he said that, I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. This is, like, a lot different. Like, going back and looking at the stats and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's great to see. I was super pumped about him. So, the fact that he is becoming more of a playmaker, especially, I mean, we need him now. This is a great time to have it happen Uh, going into the playoffs. So, uh, if everyone could be ready to go for, these,
2: for this playoff run, uh, that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. I guess, Kev, anything else from you in terms of this game before we sort of move on and talk about some other stuff?
2: I mean, not only that it's a massive game, right? I mean, home playoff game, dramatic in in how it ended, and so yeah, no, it, biggest game of the season so far. Going into the next biggest. Game I say, of the season are so are
0: far. either of you concerned about how the way we played in this game with Cincy coming to town on Saturday? Josh, you're shaking your head now.
1: No, I'm not. I, I, I think this was an outlier. I don't think this is going to be indicative of how it's going to look from here on out. I also think tired legs did play a lot into it. We The schedule is brutal right now for us. I mean, we're going to have a week rest in between, I think, the playoffs and the last game of the season. But other than that week rest, I think that's the only full week we have left of rest. Yeah. So that's concerning because, yeah, it's Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday yeah. is our next three games. So that's woof. That's going to be a rough, rough run. And it out with
0: Cincy. Ugh. Sorry, you said woof, and then that'll be a rough run. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Houndspot. <laughs> <laughs> We're here all night, everybody. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it, it was a bit of a down game in terms of, like, being able to watch it. But Kev, like you said, it was it it capped off sort of a monumental week in terms of Winning trophies and locking down playoff positions like we never have before and all of this with three games left of the season, which, you know, I think when when Lily came in at the beginning of the season, we sort of talked about expectations. And I think everybody was like, well, we got to make the playoffs like that's that's sort of the bar and to be here with a few games left and we've already locked down top four in a home playoff match. It's just, you know. Kudos to him for for coming in, and I know it's been a huge effort for everybody involved. Um, but it feels like you know he his fingerprints are definitely all over this. Um, so yeah, um, good on him and good on Tuffy for for making that happen in the offseason um, amidst everything that was going on, guys. Before we uh, before we talk about uh, the game this weekend, just one thing I wanted to bring up: um, the USL. For those of you who missed this, which Kev I thought you may have missed it, but you didn't. Good on you. Uh USL <laughs> way to just <laughs> That's right. I just called in you front out. of everyone. Yeah, back. thought you might have never heard once, right? <laughs> that's right. USL uh starting in 2019 is going to be well, the USL as we know it in 2019 is going to be called USL Championship and uh, what was going to be USL D3 is now USL League 1 and what is currently the PDL is going to be USL League 2. So, USL basically doing a whole nother branding structure Um, Top to bottom, trying to have some uniformity amongst all of the different leagues that they own. Um, Definitely falling more in line with sort of the European structure. So, you know, the top level is USL Championship. Sort of this this goldish color with a little star next to the USL. Um, Next level down is USL League 1, which is this blue. um, And then beneath that is red. That's USL League 2. I... We sort of had a some some inkling that this was coming. We talked about it a little bit on the last show. We didn't know exactly what the naming was going to be, but the the writing was on the wall that it was going to be some sort of rebrand. Um, Kev, since you saw this, what's uh wh- what's your impression of uh you know the name change? Do you care?
2: Um,
0: I, I, yeah. I mean, because I watched the USL.
2: That's but but that's essentially the extent of it. I think. If they were going to do this, I think this was the time to do it. I think it would have been really irresponsible of them if they delayed this decision, you know, by a year or so. Um, so fine, if, if they're going to do a rebrand and do a big name change, yeah, now's the time to do it. Whether or not they can, you know, do something, I mean, and I'm sure you guys will both get into this in more detail. On one hand, it does feel kind of inauthentic to just copy the English kind of style, the, the name style. But on the other hand, I mean, the English game quite big in America, especially with TV rights and everything like that. Um, so you could capitalize and try to bring in new viewership. I, it's kind of a loose argument to say that a league name change is going to bring in new fans and new viewership. But, you know, grasping at straws there. So yeah, Look, at the end of the day, I, I don't mind as much, but I just I think the biggest thing now is just stick with it. i don't I don't want to see another rebrand another name change in five, ten years, especially if you know if the growth and trajectory of soccer in America is, you know continues on the way it is, it it'll make zero sense to do that again. So um, I'm fine with it. Don't change it again. Let's just all move on from here. and, uh, yeah,
0: Josh, are you fine with it?
1: Uh, I mean, I am now, but I, it's been a long road for me. I, I absolutely hate this. As far as what it, it just it's it's the sporting, it's the the real, it's the FC, it's it's the inauthentic. Like Kevin, like you said, the inauthenticness of it feels ripe to me, and I know that there are. You know, this is a situation where other people will be able to look at this and know exactly what league we're in now. Oh, you're in the championships. That must be second division because that's what it is over in England. But I feel like your average American fan doesn't know that. Or the people who are trying to attract to this game, trying to get into it. This just makes it more obscure and weird. It's like, oh, wait, wait. So the third division is called League One. Championships above league 1 but league 1 means 1 like it just seems weird to me if you don't look at it from that pre-no knowledge of what the English Premier League has and what they have over in Europe as far as their their structure and also united soccer league league 1 united soccer league league 2 it just doesn't make sense to me in that aspect as well and championship just is so that's the one that gets me the most i think is Championship, to me, I know it's a league in Europe, but here it sounds like you're talking about the playoffs. Sounds like you're talking about, you know, the cup. Like, you you won the championship. We play in the championship. We're not in the championship yet, so you could be the champion of the championship. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a bet. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it all sounds so silly, and I just I hate it. But I will say that this is more... I'd be more okay with this knowing what they have planned in the future. This is stage one of many... And, of course, I'm talking about ProREL. Um, they even said in their frequently asked questions, like, this is setting up Rel. Now, if they could actually pull it off, I don't think they can anytime soon. This is, like, going to be a pipe dream for at least five, ten years. But this is them saying, we, we called it these things for a reason. We wanted to lead into ProREL. How you have PDL, which is mostly amateurs and some pros, getting promoted up to a completely pro league when college kids play in the PDL and they're not allowed to
0: play in a pro league. I don't know, but that's a lot of stuff they are going to have to work out. So, but wait, hold on. You just said you didn't like this for all the European reasons, but pro roll is a very European thing. Are you okay with pro roll?
1: I'm okay with the USL trying to do something to differentiate itself from MOS and trying an experiment in America that we've never had before. I know it's, to me, Pro Rel isn't something that is capitalized by England. You know what I mean? Like it's not like they're the only ones that own Pro Rel. Now calling it PD or calling it Championship League One and League Two—that is copying. That's like saying like I don't like the rules of soccer being the rules of soccer because that's what they are in England. That's silly. <laughs> it's it's not that. It's just the fact that we're copying the names. But Pro Rel, as an ideal, I do think is interesting. Is something that would be. Huge for
2: USL if they can pull it off, but I also have my doubts that they can pull it off. Mike, before you give your opinion, <laughs> um, I, I, I'll just I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate because I'm I'm gen, I'm genuinely on the fence about this one. I can go either way, and so but <laughs> um, but but Josh, I guess the question would be: Do you think a decision like this would you know tick off? Enough fans to kind of turn them away from following their team, and kind of outweigh that with the potential upside of bringing in new people. I mean, you know, what I mean, like, do you think this is a decision that's crazy enough where people gonna be like, nope, final straw? I'm sorry, I'm done following USL. This is crap. Or is this gonna be something where like, you know, fine, we'll take it on the chin. Some fans get upset about it, but they'll still follow their team. And now, because really, I mean, if you look at the numbers, my guess. I mean, we even see it in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, there's probably more self-proclaimed you know, fans of certain English Premier League teams in America than potentially there are of USL fans. I'm, I don't know off the top of my head, but... No, know. I think that's a legit
1: thing to say. Yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong there. Yeah. And I, I don't think that this is going to tick off the USL fans enough to make them stop following the team. I just don't think it's going to make the the more savvy European fans as far as like them knowing what this means. I don't think it's going to bring them to the team either. Like I don't think people are going to see this and be like, "Oh, okay, they they changed the name of the championship right. instead of USL." Now, follow them. now yeah. I'm in. Like no, they're they're out still because they think the the quality on the field is not nearly enough and they're so used to Premier League that they're not willing to watch anything else. Um, so I don't think that changes anything, but I the other side of that is, I think the people who I am saying this might confuse, they don't care either. I don't think anyone cares that it's called the championship, they just care. There's a local pro soccer team, they might get, it. if it's not MLS, they don't care what it is. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, what, what league is it in? Like, it's below MLS. Just right below. Okay, fine. That's all they need to know.
0: I absolutely love this move. <laughs> Boo! No, okay, so so well, yeah, so here's here's my reasoning why. First of all, I totally agree with you. The and I don't know if this was specifically said the marketing material or not. And if they said it, I don't buy it for a second. The notion that because this is now Championship League One and League Two, and this could potentially attract people who follow European soccer, no, that's that's crap. It's not going to happen. Um, so I don't I don't buy that for a second. Why I like this is because. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it shows that, um, to a certain extent, the USL, at least in my mind, they plan ahead. Um, this totally, Josh, you said this totally feels like it's setting the stage for something bigger. It's almost like they laid out a roadmap and said, here's where we want to be. And then they went backwards, you know, five, 10 years and said, okay, how do we get there? What do we, what do we have to start doing now? So this shows that we're part of a league that You know, up until a few years ago, we were changing names and we were hemorrhaging teams and we were competing with NASL. And we're now at the point where we're beyond all of that. We're thinking much longer term and we're putting plans in place to solidify our place in in U.S. soccer moving forward. So that's very encouraging to me. Um, I think the interesting thing about the name championship is... The people who currently follow the USL teams, I don't think are going to care too much. Although I do dig the star, like the gold star next to it. I think it looks sharp. Um, That does look good. But uh, what I think this does is, I remember a few years ago when I started watching EPL. And Kevin, you and I had this conversation where I was like, okay, hold on. So there's the Premier League, and then there's the Champions League. And then there's like, and in the whole structure of things was very confusing to me. And so you were like, no, 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 no. This is like a tournament. This is like your league. And then the <laughs> players will leave and they'll play for their national teams. And like straightening, straightening all that out. I think that if you have a casual fan and you have them, you know, they're looking at, well, isn't MLS the top, the top, you know, league in, in the U.S. And now all of a sudden they see another league that says championship, like, It has the potential to cause enough confusion with casual fans that they're not going to care. It's just going to be like, oh, wait, wait, this this says championship? It doesn't say USL D2. It doesn't say USL D3. I mean, you do have it with League One and League Two. But I think that what this does is by trying to somewhat remove the stigma of being a lower division team by calling it championship, even though in England, second tier is championship and elsewhere in Europe, it's championship. I feel like they're trying to set the stage that 10 years... Is d- it elsewhere in Europe? I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I only know of Champions Yeah. Uh, whatever. Know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it is, Kevin. You take that. And you take it. Don't fact check us. Take it. Um, <laughs> alternative facts, Kevin. Um, so now you made me lose my train of thought. Anyway, um, this sets up USL nicely that if if the USL ever does want to Try to become a Division One league. We're not going to have to go through a new rebranding at that point. It would just be USL Championship, League One, League Two. Oh, Josh, you're shaking your head like no way, no way in hell. I completely
1: <laughs> disagree with that. I feel like this falls apart if Championship becomes uh, first division. Like now, now it's just even more confusing. Like, wait, so the only people who get it are people who know the European soccer model, and now we've changed it where championship is first division, not second division, like it is in Europe. It's like ah, no. If if we were to have a first division soccer team or soccer league, it's gonna be called like it, it'll probably be called Premier
0: Premium. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you have to pay extra for the premium. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, that I like about this um, is from just a pure sales and marketing standpoint and a management standpoint, the USL, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, the USL where MLS has gone vertical, they're basically saying like, we only want the very top markets where we're going to get the most money and we're going to limit the number of teams we're going to have in the league and that's where we're going to exist. We're going to. It's the very US model. USL has said, okay, we're going to go wide then. Instead of going tall, we're going wide. So we're going to try to get as many teams as we can under the USL umbrella. And that's going to mean more teams. That's going to be more organizations. That's going to mean ultimately it's going to be more fans. So each team won't have more fans filling a stadium than an MLS team. But because there are more teams under the umbrella, eventually you're going to have more people that are invested in the USL across the leagues than you're going to have in the MLS. And so the USL is setting itself up to um, really make, I feel, a bigger mark on the U.S. soccer landscape than MLS. The only thing that will be lacking is things like television deals, which is going to make all the difference in the world. But if USL is able to attract enough attention that we get some television deals like that, I think it's fair game at that point, and you're going to start having some teams where they're going to start thinking about: Is it worthwhile to join something like MLS when I have to pay all of these entry fees, or should I just invest that money in a team in the USL, start up a team, and uh, and you know be part of this instead, and have the opportunity for pro REL and all of that?
1: Yeah, something to think about is if you were to look at it uh, a little bit more of a unconventional as far as the, the way tel- television rights work. If we have three leagues and we have cameras on all these games and we were to set up, uh, USA were to set up something like a, you know, premium like $5 a year even or like $10 a year and watch, you have access to every single one of these games. But then you have the the national broadcast ones that are only available if you watch it on ESPN or NBC or whatever for, you know, maybe every Sunday's games, all those ones are on a premium channel like that that could be, I mean, it's just a lot of content, and content is king. And so if you have enough content, you're going to have enough money coming into it. And telling someone, like, hey, you get to watch USL from top to bottom for a certain price, that that could be a pretty big incentive. Right now they're going through ESPN, but who knows? Maybe once you have all three leagues going and that's a lot of content, you could just spin that out on its own.
0: And it feels like, you know, we had a number of discussions across BGN when this first came out. There's a couple things. One, I think, you know, Alexi Lalas has many flaws, but his argument all along was, if you don't like MLS, make a better mousetrap. And this feels like somebody's trying to make a better mousetrap. And two, I think that USL has now set the bar at, you want to create a new league? It's got to be multi-division. Like, this is the new standard. It's... You have Mm -hmm. these different divisions where you can train up talent and you can move players up to the top division and all of that. So even now, MLS, I would, you know, it feels like MLS is still going to piggyback off of USL, but it'll be interesting to see how that relationship carries on, especially with, you know, USL is now going to have a team based in downtown Chicago where Chicago Fire Play in what is it, Bridgestone or whatever it is they play? They can't even get a, a location in, in right. uh, Chicago, so you have that going on. You have the whole Austin thing going on, where there's a USL Austin team, but they can't get an MLS team. So you're going to start to see some battlegrounds, and and it feels like you know USL is trying to position themselves to eventually potentially take on MLS, but also by setting that bar at saying, okay, you know, you want to become the next NASL, you need to prove that you're really in this, and right now we set the bar at three divisions, so. Figure it out. And that's very, very hard to do. And that's part of the reason why we're not going to see Pro Row right away. They need to take time to get League One set up and get teams in there that are stable and all of that. They did say that there are going to be some tournament games that we play between divisions, which will be exciting to sort of watch and see and how that all shakes out. But
1: yeah, and the whole purpose of the tournament games is going to see how a League One team faces off against a championship team. If it were to be a situation where every single time they go up against each other, the championship team just dominates, you, you, you can't have Pro rail because the teams are going to be so different uh, disparaging between the two are just too big. So once we start seeing those championship games or not championship, the tournament games between the two leagues start being a little bit more competitive, that's when you can be like, okay, now pro rail could work between these two leagues because it's not so disparaging between the two. So yeah, it's, it's smart. It is smart. It's just going to be, I think it's going to take longer than a lot of people want it to. Because people have been harping for this for so long, and they just yeah. want ProRail so much that we can't rush it, because if we do, it's just going to fall apart. I think
0: at the earliest, it's five years away. Like, at the absolute earliest. earliest. So, yeah, buckle up. But this feels like it's a, it's an exciting time. It's pretty cool stuff. At least I think so. Josh thinks it's a terrible <laughs> idea. So <laughs> I, I think the names are a terrible <laughs> idea,
1: right? Jeez. Don't put words in my mouth. Sorry. We should have called it the Real USL... <laughs> sporting
0: championship, AT&T championship. <laughs> yes exactly yeah uh okay so that's what we think Cal.
2: quick note um pretty much in every other european league mike it's like you know there's serie a and then serie b there's bundesliga <laughs> and then two bundesliga and then there's league 1 and league 2 and then league, uh, there's li- uh. li- there's La Liga and then Segunda
0: Division or just La Liga Two. So it's someone it. was googling why we were talking. Yep. <laughs> so you're making the argument that USL Championship would be a great top tier, and then well, oh, no, because then we have League One, and that that goes exactly. against you know Segunda and Bundesliga Two, and yeah, what is what is German for two? I don't even know. Is it? It's not two. No.
2: Oh crap! Come on someone one out of, yeah, of someone at the end of us podcast had to have taken right now. German.
0: Spanish is dos, <laughs> French is duh English is two. This All is, right. this I'm is riveted right
1: now, but let's let's talk about
0: I was trying to give you time to, to Google translate that, but uh, oh well. Okay. So yeah, this good. Saturday, last regular season home game, since we can't say it's the last home game. It's the last regular season home game against the league winner, Cincinnati. In case you missed it, they had a big old party because they won the league, which, you know, they missed the memo that that means nothing in America, but that's fine. Um, guys, what do you expect out of this game?
2: Josh? By the way, it's, it's Zwei. Okay, so now. Ein Zwei, <laughs> try
0: there we go. Okay, I knew, uh, All right, you know. there we go. All Bundesliga Zwei, right. okay, go ahead, Josh.
1: what i expect out of this i i feel like it um it really depends i i do feel like this is a game that it's all on Sensei's shoulders depending on how they tackle this game i i i really do think that they might not be starting their starters for this game as far as they have no reason to really. I mean, other than maybe as a practice for the playoffs, and they're like, "Oh, this is a playoff contender team, or a team that's in the playoffs." We'll, we'll, you know, test our medal, but they've been doing that all season. So what's the point? If you're Cincy, what motivation do you have to really put out the top team, other than keeping this winning streak alive? Which could be enough. Maybe that's what the reason is, because you want the most points, and you want your team to look good. And keep that motive that momentum into the playoffs, but that I mean why why not give your other team or your other players a chance to see how they fare and kind of practice and tinker with the team and make sure that everyone's healthy and that kind of stuff so it, it could be it's a, a game where even though I do think that we're we could beat Cincy on our good day, we might not be playing the regular Cincy team.
0: Yeah, I think it was uh, their coach, Alan Koch, who said uh, a few weeks ago that down the stretch they were going to make sure everybody got minutes. So, you know, to your point, they did just have this massive celebration. There's all sorts of pictures of champagne in the locker room and them standing on the field alone going crazy, holding the plate or whatever it is you get for regular season. Yeah, Yeah. sure. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, A – if there's a mental letdown after the fact, like, okay, it's done. You know, like you said, there's literally, we can lose every game from here on out and still be fine. And B, let's get some other guys, some minutes, especially against a team like Pittsburgh, who, you know, it's going to be a physically grueling game. And, you know, they don't want to see Jimmy McLaughlin get his face shoved into the turf or Fernando Adi break an ankle. I'm not saying that's something I wouldn't want to see. That's something they don't want to see. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I guess, you know, going into the Penn game, again, I don't want to pick on him, but I think a lot of us were surprised when knowing Dan Lind was healthy, that it was Kirk and goal. Are you going to be surprised if we go to this game and we start to see a lineup like we saw at Penn FC after, you know, what we already saw happen one of the last times we played Cincy at home, where it was this sort of lineup where it was like, what, what? um. Or do you think that Lily has to go for it and try to get the three points and take it to them? How are you going to feel if you see less than sort of our, our starting 11 that we all sort of mentally have in our mind, Kev? Um, I mean, I want to see our,
2: our strongest 11 against Cincy. I mean, I think forgetting about point accumulation and kind of long-term tactics about plotting out the season, I mean, getting back to basics – as a fan of a team, you want to see your team go up against other really good teams and beat them. So I'm, I'm not really interested in this whole, you know, switching up a bit and then resting, you know, taking the higher percentage, um, you know, game midweek and playing our stronger players there and trying to get three points there. I'm not into that. I think, you know, we've, we've got the home playoff game. Let's go full throttle here. Let's, this is a good kind of, pre-playoff game to kind of, you know, test our medal against. And uh, and yeah, as a fan, I want to see us beat Cincy. I want to see an exciting game. I want to see it full of passion, tackles going in left, right, and center, and, and I want to see us win. Um, that being said, I mean, not to big up Cincy, they haven't lost since May 26th. They've won their last 10 games. I mean, they're a very Good team. Okay, so, so so Cincy
0: Soccer Talk records on Sunday night, so you missed that one, Kev. Sorry, um. Mike.
2: This is just information. I'm trying to push out there. It, that's that's extremely relevant to to everything that's going on. They're they're an, they're a very good team. Um, so this is going to be a very difficult game, which is just all the more reason you know that we want to show up and put in a good performance. So I, I think everything points points towards we go strong in this game and try to take everything we can away from Cincy. But it's going to be a really, really difficult game.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It it, it is. I mean, it definitely is. And it's one of those things where I'm afraid of seeing what we saw with the U.S. Open Cup. I don't want to see us pumping this game up, thinking it's huge, and then Lily putting out some B lineup and being like, eh. It's take it or leave it. <laughs> like you know, there's not much reason for us to play hard in this game. And he has said in the past, and I think it was at the beginning of the season, before he even played a single game, that or coached a single game, that he said that every home game needs to be a win. Every home game is important. That's it's a show for the home crowd. It's to build momentum in the stadium, to build this team up, this franchise up. And so, no better way of doing that. Than the last home game of this of the regular season against the best team in the league to shove it down their throat. And that's what we need to do because this could also be who we face uh in the semifinals. I mean in the regional finals, whatever. Uh so we we need to be able to beat this team, possibly. I'm planning on them being out in the first round of
0: the playoffs, but you know, stranger things have happened. Um, so you never know. I was gonna say this could realistically be the last time we ever play Cincinnati before they move up to yeah. MLS. And if they roll us this game and basically we weren't able to beat them ever, like that's just going to stay with us forever. Whereas if they're the number one team in the league, they come into high mark the last time we potentially play them and we beat them, we at least have that. Especially if they get knocked out in the playoffs and we keep moving along. That would be super. But uh, what would be even more super is if we go into Nippert to knock them out. But still, that's, that's neither here nor there we're focusing on this week. I think we we I think we go for the W, but I also thought the same thing in the Open Cup, so I don't know what to think. I I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's go. Let's do score predictions. Josh, give us a prediction here. What do you think? So I was looking at uh, their
1: previous games, and only two teams has ever held them to zero points, it's zero goals. Uh, it was Nashville, and then Louis had uh, held them to zero twice. So that's it. That's the only teams I've ever held in zero. I That's going to be super hard, but I feel like a Bob Lilly team could do it, and I feel like we should be in those ranks as well. So I'm hoping for a 1-0 win. Uh,
2: the, the, the true Bob Lilly special, special that actually holds true.
0: Kev, what do you think?
2: I mean, I don't feel great about this game. <laughs> uh, I You know, if, if I think if things go our way... I think a 1-1 game makes more sense for us than, like, a 2-2 game. Um, I, I think if it ends up 2-2, then we kind of got lucky. Um, I think if it, we, it can end up 1-1 and having having it be a pretty even game, but I think it's going to be really difficult to beat them. Um, but, I you know, I think we have enough in us to, to get a draw out of them, and that's, that's what I'm seeing, so I'll say 1-1. I don't
0: know, man. Like, the past few games, aside from the Open Cup, the other games that we've played them this season, like, we were the better team like we limited their chances they like they haven't they haven't lost in 4 months i understand that <laughs> i don't really care i don't like i i think this is a game they come in i think they score first and i think we end up winning 2 to 1 um i think we battle back i just i don't know like i understand they haven't lost and they also have mls players on their roster and blah 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 i get all of that but like it's just
2: i don't know by the way, I'm not trying to sound defeatist. I'm just trying to be realistic and say they're a good team. I don't I don't think we should ignore the fact that Cincy is a good team in, in the U.S. soccer pyramid. And so I think I think understanding that and kind of, yeah, recognizing that can, I don't know, it's important. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not to cut off Debbie Down, but uh, something I do want to talk about that
1: I will give Cincy credit for is uh, – You got done talking about the Shield, uh, uh, winning the league. Uh, I do think that's a big deal, and I feel like it should be a big deal in America. It pisses me off that it's not a big deal. Winning the league, as far as the regular season go, is awesome. But what is not awesome is putting plastic up in your locker room and then spraying champagne. What's that about? Like, (laughs) It's either authentic celebration or it's not. You can't put plastic up like you're in an episode of Dexter before you splash the champagne. And you can't
0: use the word authentic whenever you say Cincinnati. I mean, they they changed their team name to like, what was it, Football Day Cincinnati to be more in line with their, or Foosball, to be more in line with their German heritage. Like, Give me a Can we break. look up
1: the, the the German word for
0: authentic? Oh my gosh. That's what I mean. Got. This is the fakest <laughs> team there is, and you know. And you
2: love Championship League One and League Two, Mike.
0: This has nothing to do. No, this has nothing to do with that. <laughs> nothing to do with that. Nothing. Uh, I, I take it
1: back. He's not Debbie Downer. I should never called you that. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> You know we're finishing the show. <laughs> Screw you guys. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarfs, <laughs> official scarf supplier at MLS USL, and U.S. Custom get custom scarves for your group or team at RoughneckScarfs.com. But in all seriousness, head down to Highmark. Um, I think tickets for the first time playoff match go on sale later this week. Um, Thursday, 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 Thursday. So we got to pack the mark. I think is they're saying. Um, fill, the fill the mark. Fill the mark. Sorry, yeah, I missed that hashtag. Fill yeah, the hashtag. mark. Um, get your tickets. Get down there. Um, yeah. Josh, I know you were talking about maybe doing a live show there. I don't know. We'll have to see if we, technology-wise we can make that happen, but uh, we'll see. That could be a lot of fun. <sighs> if you're looking more for more great USL news, head over to uslnews.com. Check out all the great articles and podcasts that are there and part of the BGN family. Follow us on Twitter at Mongols and at Will Mongols. Email us at BGN.fm. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.